I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevenson. I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Cephas, here we go. It is Super Bowl week, and I certainly hope. You enjoyed the off week last week that we had. Um, you know, I probably should have told you, I'm being a bad partner here, but I spent my week interviewing candidates for a third bar stool to be a part of FGH up here. Um, so I put out, I put out a request on all the social medias for anyone interested and got several DMs. One applicant stuck out to me and it had no profile pictures. Um, very vague, but the name was Brian Flores. So I said, Hey, this must, this has got to be like, this must be fate or, you know, something pointing me in this direction. Um, uh, so I said, Hey, let's give it a shot. Texted him, worked it all out, gave me exchange phone numbers, uh, called him up. And, um, and then, and then when the answer came, it was, Hola. Como esta? It's me, Brian Flores. <laughs> so at that point, I knew that I was talking to a real Flores, not a fake Flores. Um, so, you know, I yeah, we went back and forth. I shot the shit with him about football. And, you know, he explained, you know, that, yeah, you know, Mexicans are severely underrepresented at FGH and that he could provide a new and diverse audience, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> of, of course, in my head, I'm thinking you probably should have said I can provide a bunch of hot senoritas and some fucking tamales. But, you know, whatever. I, I'll let him ramble on, you know, in his in his butchered English for a little bit longer. And then finally I had to cut him off and say, hey, listen, Brian Flores I don't think this is going to work out, and the main reason is simply just because we don't hire Mexicans. But I wish, you know, I wish him good luck on, <laughs> oh, on, on no. his on his ventures. But here's where here's where it got really interesting, Bo Stevens. Little plot twist here. All of a sudden, just like that, it was a voice change, and the voice coming back to me immediately was, "It's me, Coach Brian Flores, and I pity the fool they don't hire me at FG." <laughs> So, so, so I was taken back, but I said, "Oh, hey, what's up, Coach? Uh, you know, good luck on your next uh, coaching gig. That almost certainly will never happen." Um, and I, but you know, I had to also explain to the real black Coach Flores that we also, you know, we we have a very staunch no Mexican policy, but we also have a we don't hire assholes policy but then you know, I, I told him keep his head up <laughs> keep his head up because nike is always hiring in the victim department needless to say bo cephas i think fgh is going to remain a two-man white man extravaganza now 
whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> My apologies to Mr. President. I will certainly try to do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, footballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. <laughs> we will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we'll make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on a sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Crackberry beer. It is by Mm. Noble L Works (laughs) Brewery in Anaheim, California. Okay. It's a very good blackberry sour ale. I rated it three out of five stars on the beer app. And it reminds me of one of my long-held beliefs, Longhorn, and that is that anybody who smokes crack should be able to do it out of a fresh crack pipe at all times. Mm. Mm. I mean, have you ever tried to smoke crack out of an old pipe? <laughs> I mean, no, not me. Of course you haven't, because you're white and privileged. And I bet you're actually against handing out fresh pipes to the black community, aren't you? Well, yeah, I mean, kind of. Of course you are, because you're a goddamn (laughs) racist. And because you're a white, straight male, you're automatically Uh qualified as a homophobe. So I don't even need to ask if you are against sending fresh needles to all the scissoring sallies so they can eject each other into their titty balls with no AIDS involved, and you surely don't want all those two-knuckle timmies getting high without risking sores in their jimmies. And quite frankly, sir, (laughs) I am disgusted and disappointed in the words that I've just put in your mouth, and I don't really have anything else to say to you at this point. I mean, don't forget the trannies. You you, you can't leave out the trannies, man. they they got to be a part of this somehow. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. I... I'm not sure if they've applied for uh, for the fresh needles or not. I, I don't know how that, all that works. But mm. anyway, boys and call. girls, Stuck it's call. the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> it's a Super Bowl podcast, baby. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the hard. Are you fucking kidding me? We're going to go over the Super Bowl, of course. We're going to give you prop bets. 
We're going to give you so many fucking free picks. You got money running out of your goddamn ears. But for right now, we got to make some money. And to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by FartStuffer.com. Are you having problems with flatulence? Is your balloon not leaking out air biscuits without your consent? Are your ass acoustics a fit for Symphony Hall? Is your kid's favorite bedtime story Horton Here's a Poo? Well, then you need to call our friends at FartStuffer.com. The scientists at FartStuffer.com have perfected a formula to silence your anus applause for good. All you need is one 600-milligram pill a day of their fanny frog-killing medicine, and your butt trumpet will be silenced! FartStuffer.com gets rid of all types of turtle burps, including, but not limited to, the tickle fart. The thank God I'm alone fart. Splatter fart. Barn owl fart. Skill soft fart. And many more can all be cured by fartstuffer.com. Call today and mention our code word GloryHole for 10% off their Bark and Spider Fighter formula. That's code word GloryHole for 10% off their services one more time. Fartstuffer.com, code word GloryHole. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, that fart stuffer uh, sounds like a hell of a product. I actually needed some of that earlier today. I was walking through a uh, Walmart and man, I was crop dusting those aisles like I was in the fucking plains of Kansas. Holy shit, I dropped a bomb right around the pet aisle, and this old lady walked right fucking through, and I saw the disgust on her face, and I knew she knew it was me. She fucking knew it was mm-hmm. me, but you know what? I just kept on pushing my buggy and uh, just kind of smiled and winked at her and uh, moved on about my business. Yeah, I think everybody at this point knows you've got that loose-ass syndrome. It's just, you know, it's... <laughs> it's the. It's, I question your asshole muscles, honestly. Like, I don't know what's happened. I don't know if there's ass trauma in your history. <laughs> because, you know, when I fart, you, there's no hiding my farts because it's audible. You can hear it. It's squeezed because I, I got a tight ass. I don't know what's going on with your loose ass over there. It just kind of <laughs> falls out. It's, it's, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe maybe one day you can tell us about your, about your uh, childhood. I don't know. You're Catholic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just, just Yep. <laughs> Cue all those jokes, but in the meantime, all the single fellas out there, my buddy Longhorn's got that tight, tight butthole, just to let you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great that's just fucking great the bad this is bad this is bad well that's fucking not good and the are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me god damn it are you fucking with me All right, boys and girls, as always, we start off with the good, and the good was fucking us, baby. 3-0 championship weekend. Mm-hmm. And my free parlay that I gave you guys, two-game parlay at 6-1, to one, hit also man long when we stay red man. fucking hot, and it's truly been a very good blessing how we're ending this season. We are fucking rolling, baby. Well, yeah, that was, that's... Even though it was two weeks ago, uh, yeah, let's just get, let's just skip right over the the interview week that we had and move right into the Super Bowl and just just collect a bunch of wins here and see what we can see if we can keep this rolling. 
right into next year. Why stop? We got the draft coming up in April. It's always draft props, chances to make money. Let's just keep it going. Hell yeah, but we got to move on to the bad. And the bad last week uh, was Tom Brady retiring. Mm. Uh, Selfishly, I did not want this to happen. He's been my favorite player for a long time. He's the GOAT. And I could throw a million stupid stats at you because he has just a million stupid stats, but I'll settle with this one for now. Tom Brady has less career regular season losses, career, 20 years starting, 22 years in the league, than the Jets do in the last five seasons. So, Mm. RIP, Tommy boy. We love you. (laughs) Yeah, uh, listen... I don't, I'm not so sure. I mean, I think, I, I can't call it 100%. I really can't. I don't, I think there's probably a 1% chance that there's something in the future for Tom still. Uh, not likely, but, you know, if it is, then of course he retires as the GOAT. He, he could have probably done that last year. It doesn't matter. But like, I don't know. This whole thing has seemed fishy to me the whole time. Like the way he retired... The way it was kind of out of the blue. I don't think and he and he always wanted to play until he was forty five. So he even cut his when has he ever cut his goals short? He never has. So I think there might be a Tom Brady another year in the future, and we'll just have to see how that plays out. Who knows? One percent. One percent chance. Who knows? 1% chance so Tom and Bigfoot might show up on a team somewhere in 2023. Alright, boys and girls. Time to move on to the Are You Fucking Kidding? And this mm-hmm. week, it actually came out of the NFL. Uh, so, not only did the NFL know that Deflategate was bullshit. But when they figured out that they were fucked on it, they destroyed all the evidence, FBI-style, to cover up their fuck-up. So now, for all you long-term listeners, you know that we've been saying for years that Deflategate was debunked and never actually happened because, you know, we took the time to actually read the entire quote-unquote independent investigation. Left to right, top to bottom. In which that investigation... They found that only one of 13 balls was below the allowed PSI, and it was marginally below that. So, people, this is just a good time for everyone. No matter what race, religion, sexual orientation, creed, or color, it's time for everybody to remember it is time to wake the fuck up. The only mission to those in power is to stay in fucking power. And the NFL, the FBI, the U.S. government will all do whatever it takes to make you believe what they want you to believe. Get off of fucking Twitter and pick up a goddamn book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it's been so long. I mean, yeah, we've we've talked about this for years and years and years, and it was it was all bullshit. Even going back to the Indianapolis game, I think it was a championship game where the fucking refs switched balls at halftime, and then you know t- Tom and New England proceeded to just wipe them off the fucking field with the new quote-unquote balls it it was always bullshit my question would be why what led was it just the outcry from all the other crybaby teams mainly indianapolis that led to this um to such a hardcore 
deflate gate and what what turned into deflate gate and then once they were in deep they had to cover it up like it's been so long i forgot the lead up to the why it was why was it so fucking pressing to to do this and i can't remember the smoke the smoking gun basically what was the smoking gun there wasn't a smoking gun. The whole thing was leaked by the head of the Players Association, uh, and his name's escaped me at this moment, to Chris Mortensen, and he ran with the story that 12 out of 13 balls were deflated when in actuality only one out of the 13 balls, again, was under the PSI, and it was marginally that. And then, yeah, everybody fucking cried, bitch, moan, and complained because, you know, the Patriots had been busted, and rightfully so, on the whole... Uh, Spygate thing, right. so the whole league felt they were wrong again, and blah 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 blah, and yeah. So eventually, Tommy got four games, and if I was Tom Brady, I would wait for a little bit since I'm retired, but I would do it in some sort of funny way, where I'd be like, I'd hit up Goodell and all my social media and all his power on social media, like, hey, uh, man, retirement's not treating me so well. Money's getting a little tight over here. I really could use those four fucking game checks uh, that you shorted me. <laughs> They're a kiddo, so if you could uh, kind of funnel that my way, I really would fucking appreciate it. He might <laughs> want to wait until after 2022 when Trey Lance fails miserably in San Fran and uh, they call Tom Brady at the in the offseason next year. So wait, wait another year for all that. <laughs> <laughs> right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening it's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight baby boys and girls time to get into it it is the super bowl this is the game that everybody plays for it's the game that everybody waits to get into it's the last game of the football season bittersweet obviously for us but it's here we got no other alternative but to get into it and longhorn those la rams are hosting at home the cincinnati Bengals. And they are consensus four and a half point home favorites. Yeah, and I've been kind of going over my head the last couple of days of preparing for this podcast of how I kind of want to, I don't know, present this handicap. Because to be quite honest for me, this would be almost a no play if it was a regular season game as far as the side. Um, obviously, there's many other ways to attack a game, and we will certainly find plenty to attack it. But as far as a side, this would probably be a no play for me. Uh, but it's a Super Bowl, so let's get into it. Um, there's no way 
that the Rams should lose this game. Let's just be straight up. And there is no way that L.A. should not be holding up the trophy at the end of this game. Okay? So I just want to make that clear and up front. But I'm going the other way. Okay? So, um, you know, we always have new listeners, both Cephas. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to – a lot of people know this, but I'm going to, you know, lay it out for everybody who's new. You and I handicap two different ways, and that's kind of, you know, we, that's on purpose. You know, it, it helps maximize our, our winning potential. The way I do it is kind of a, what you would call an old school way. It's, it's in, you know, and, you know I'd, I'd be like the 70-year-old guy walking up and down uh, the strip in Vegas that's been doing it for forever in the old way before there was all these uh, analytics and algorithms and, and all that stuff. That is, of course, the way you do it. We could not do it without and be professionals without the way that you do it, the way I do it. You know, some years I'd be high on the hog, some years I'd probably be homeless. That's just kind of the way it goes. So, luckily we have luckily we have both of our ways to do it. But I broke this I broke it down this game into four ways, and that's how I do it every single week for every single game. Matchups, situational, schematic, and intangibles. So let's start with matchup. Again, matchup wise, there is literally no way you can look at this game and not lean to LA. Heavily lean to LA. It's not, there's really no point in breaking that down even further. LA has the huge matchup at edge in this game. The only thing you can point to, to where since he has maybe an advantage, well, definitely an advantage, is if once you get outside of the Ramsey um, Jamar Chase matchup and you get into the Higgins and Boyd versus the second and third cornerbacks for the Rams. There you've got an advantage to Cincy. Other than that, yeah, good luck. Now, let's move to situational. It's a Super Bowl. I mean, come on. I mean, there, there, there isn't, you know, they're, they're both on a bye. It's, they're both um, a bunch of players that haven't been in the Super Bowl before. Now, you might say that McVay has a slight situational advantage because he's been in the Super Bowl before. Uh, unfortunately, he peed his pants the last time he was in the Super Bowl. So, I don't know. You know, maybe that's kind of a washout. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I can't really find anything there. Now, schematically, here we go. Stat, I talked about this in the last pod we did two weeks ago. Stafford versus zone, zone Stafford versus man. And we kind of saw it play out a little bit against San Francisco early in that game. He, you know, they, uh, the Rams were kind of struggling to put up some points early in that game. This is schematically the type of defense that can give Stafford problems. I don't really want to call it an edge to Cincy in this because on the other side of the ball, there are some serious schematic advantages to almost everything points to LA honestly schematically on the on the other side LA offense versus Cincy defense um but that's that will be interesting and and if and if Cincy has a chance to win this game it's can they frustrate by flooding the zones and, and you know maybe doing a three-man rush flooding the zones with eight and frustrating Stafford into making that critical mistake at the wrong time can't even, but it's not. It's not enough to, to give me an edge to Cincy. Now, intangibles. The fourth and final thing. I mean, come on. It's it's Super Joe. It's it's Joe Burrow. That that is your that's your golden ticket. If you, if you're like me and, and you're taking a side on a game that you don't particularly like, and you and you're on Cincy, that's your golden ticket. Is Super Joe Burrow. Um, you know, they shouldn't. 
you know, so I had to just sit here and think while I was writing this up. Like, Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl. They should not be here. They've been outgained by every single team they've played in the playoffs. Uh, and yet they're here. So, you know, it's probably a sucker's bet. It's probably a um, putting too much on a what you think is a is a quarterback who can overcome anything. It's absolutely the sucker's bet, actually. Let me, let me rephrase that. It's absolutely the sucker's bet because you're just hoping that he can overcome whatever comes to him, which is going to be the better team constantly coming at him. But you know what? I'm taking a side. I like the story. I like Super Joe. And I think at the end of this game, he's going to be smoking the cigar. But again, I don't have a whole lot to, to back that up. And I'm sure that when I throw it to you, that you're going to just, you know, spike that volleyball down into my face. So, so take it away with what you got over there. But <laughs> I, I am going to reluctantly lean and call for a Cincy upset here. But again, I don't feel great about it. And I would not play this game probably in the regular season. All right. Well, I like some of the stuff you said there. I did like the note about, uh, you know, them flooding the zone and trying to frustrate Stafford. Uh, but the bottom line is their defense is just not very good, so I don't know how much they're going to be able to frustrate him. But from the numbers perspective, uh, Cincy and their bracket in our power rankings, uh, there has been two teams make the Super Bowl. They're 1-1 one one straight up and 1-1 one one ATS. The Rams in their bracket, 1-0 straight up and 1-0 uh, ATS. And again, to remind everybody in the last three NFL postseasons, teams that have won the playoff game are 32-4 and four ATS. The last team to... Not when the game but cover was championship week. We had San Francisco plus three and a half. They lost by three. So they were actually the fourth team to lose. Now, I'm not going to beat this game to death either. To me, this is Cincinnati versus Tennessee all over again, which we love Tennessee in this game. But the difference is that some Rams are a way better version of Tennessee. The Rams blitz around 12th most in the league, so they're not as passive as Tennessee, but their sack rate is much better. Seventh best and adjusted sack rate on the season. And Cincy is 19th at that, so below average. So the translation of that is Rams will hit, hurry, and sack Burrow, and Stafford will have all day to throw. Now you can say, well, Tennessee had nine sacks on Burrow. No chance the Rams do better than that, and I would agree with you. They're not going to do better than nine sacks. But the Rams do have something Tennessee does not, and that's a shutdown cornerback. And that, to me, is going to be the key to this game is Jalen Ramsey limiting Jamar Chase his opportunities to, you know, that's kind of Burrow's bailout throw. They were the number one combination outside the numbers, 20 yards down the field on the season. And what the Rams are going to do is wait, is make Cincinnati work systematically to beat them up and down the field. And Cincy is just not good enough to do that on offense. Now, it's the matchups they have played in people that are in the Rams category. They played San Francisco, who's 7th in DVOA. They only put up 20 points of regulation in that game. And since he averaged 22 points on the season, so they put 20 in that game. They played Cleveland twice, who is ranked 11th in DVOA. Which, side note on that, your boy, your boy Baker fucking sucks. They had the 11th ranked DVOA and that offensive line. They couldn't make the playoffs. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Anyway, since he put up 16 points against them in the first game, and the second game doesn't count because they didn't play any of their starters. They scored 16 points that game, but I'm throwing that out. They didn't play any of their starters. Okay. And then they played Tennessee, who's 12th in DVOA, and they only scored 19 against them, and that's with three turnovers to even help them get that 19 points. The bottom line is they should have lost to Tennessee. We were right on that game. 
They should not even be in this game, just like you said, and they will lose this game <laughs> unless Stafford fucks us. <laughs> They're going to lose it fucking handily. Um, my last note on this one, and I, I haven't heard this anywhere else, and I don't think that you will hear this anywhere else. Could be wrong. Maybe somebody gets a hold of it, but... The Bengals are 1-3 this year versus the Packers, Bears, Broncos, Chargers. What do those teams have in common? They all have DCs from the Vic Fangio tree. And Morris, the DC for uh, the Rams, runs the same scheme. In those four games, since he scored 19 points per game, so three points less than their season average, in the other 13 games, they went 9-4 and four and scored an average of 29.5 points per game. So to me, the same those handicap we had against Tennessee, except those teams again. Packers, Bears, Broncos, Chargers. Packers, Bears, Broncos, Chargers. Yep. Okay. They went 1-3 and, and scored 19 points per game. Hmm. So, clear, clear advantage to this defensive scheme Versus Joe Burrow and this offense, and this is going to be um, out. And, and the Broncos, the Broncos were their worst offensive output in the entire season. They scored one touchdown in the game, I think, fifteen points total, and that was Vic Fangio himself. And obviously, they had, I think, um, you're the PFF guy, but I'm pretty sure the Broncos had the closest thing to uh, Jalen Ramsey, PFF wise, in cornerback. So shutting that down, that's. That's uh, kind of what you pointed to on the Jamar Chase thing. Now, I do agree with you on the matchups on Higgins and Boyd. They'll have some room to work there, but the pressure overall is just going to be too much up front, and I've got some stuff on that on my free picks to point to how much pressure they will get and how bad since he actually is at protecting the quarterback. But again, they're not going to sack him 10 times, but they're going to be able to limit those plays. And again, as long as Stafford doesn't throw three fucking interceptions... <laughs> His first pass and his last pass of the game doesn't fucking get intercepted. I don't see any chance that the Bengals win. I don't see any chance the Bengals cover. I mean, it's I know it's square to take the favor, but in this thing, I think people are trying to overthink the room a little bit and fall in love with the story a little bit too much. I, I actually have this line at six points, so I still think we're getting a point and a half of value here. So, to me, it's uh, it's all Rams, baby. No, I don't. I'm not going to argue against that. I don't think it's square at all. I mean, they're clearly the better team. I just, I, I was just kind of like, I wish I had that. I wish I had your note on that because I want to find a connection that's that's not just schematic on those four teams that you just threw at me because I can't find anything just on the fly on top of my head. Just knowing rosters, I don't see a connection in any of those defensive rosters. That points me into a matchup roster type advantage, which tells me, again, without digging into it because I don't have time, but tells me it's 100% a schematic um, situation there, which, which again, that would lead to there's something schematically with these teams and this defensive coaching tree that, that is a, a problem for the offensive um, coaches and, and Burrow on the field for – for Cincy, so oh man, like that's that's a good one, and I because you know some of those teams you talked about are good against a are good against a run. Some aren't. Some have locked down corners. Some don't. Like I don't, I don't. Off the top of my head, I don't see anything on the field, players and matchup wise, 
as a con- as a you know congruent with those four teams, so it has to be the scheme, which is a problem for Cincy then. Yeah, and the and the worst defense they played of those four is obviously the Packers. I think they ended up around 24-25, somewhere around that DVOA, not very good, and they scored the most points against them. I think they scored, I don't remember, 24, 26 points against them, and the the closest thing players wise was off the top of my head with that scheme would be the Broncos and again that's their that's their worst uh output was 15 points they scored one touchdown so they didn't that, that was their what one win was that? obviously the Broncos can't fucking score the ball oh god like um so it was 15 was Vaughn like that? was Vaughn still on Denver or was he gone no he was, he was gone. gone he was gone oh, that's that's even worse yeah yeah, but I mean, the Broncos couldn't score the ball, so they that was their one win. Hmm. Oh, well, that's a good one. That's a good, uh, good nugget. Yeah, and if uh, if you guys hear that anywhere else, please let us know. Or uh, if you don't, hey man, give us some fucking credit because that's uh, that's some good deep diving right but, there. But just let me let me bounce back. But we're about to hold, get... hold on, hold on. But before go you go, like that's I like I said, I knew you were going to come up with all this, you know, pro LA stuff because honestly, that's you know. Looking into it, that's clearly the side. Um, but again, and you even mentioned it in your in your handicap, if it's the if Stafford doesn't fuck us, okay? Because you know, long, it, Stafford's in the Super Bowl, so this is clearly a win for LA. They they made the right choice and, and yada yada yada. But in a one game scenario. He's shown a tendency to throw the ball in weird places and have scratch-your-head moments. He has done in the playoffs, so kudos to him. He's kind of reined that in a little bit. But this is a one game, and this is the Super Bowl. So, it, you know, we've seen we've seen players and teams that aren't as good as the other team in the Super Bowl win a Super Bowl. And it comes down to if you're going to win as the, as the underdog and as the lesser team, do you have the quarterback? They can make the right play at the right time, and do you and do you not have the quarterback that can make the wrong play at the wrong time? You know, I think Stafford is more likely to, even though Burrow is going to be under more pressure. I just think Stafford is more likely to throw it to the wrong team. So it's a flimsy handicap, granted, but again, I'll. I'll uh, lightly be on the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. Well, here's what I will say. Um, and this is the last note I got on this game, and I actually got this from our boy Mackenzie Rivers. I can't take credit for this. It's just a fun note, or a sad note, really, uh, for the losing quarterback. So, since 1995, quarterbacks who have made their first Super Bowl, which would be both these young men, uh, if they lose... They have never made it back. So, the loser of this one, oh, man. that's If it's Stafford, maybe bye-bye for his career. And if it's Joe Burrow, it's going to be another long fucking winter well, in Cincy, boys and girls. Well, Super Joe, so history tells Super Joe so history is, tells is baby goat. So, I'm thinking since he's going to win, <laughs> that tells me since he's going to win because that's baby goat. All right, boys and girls, that was the full game breakdown. And next, there was no free picks, but that was the Super Bowl in the air tonight, baby!
Alright, boys and girls, it's time for you all been waiting for it's time for those free. I said free picks of the week, and it is the Super Bowl, so this one section is super fucking sized, baby. <laughs> so we got a lot of fucking ways to make you money. Longhorn, kick it off for us. It's super sized, super sized free picks. Alright, um, I know we're going to go back and forth here, so I'm going to start with one that goes along with the theme of the handicap I just gave, so fuck it. I'm going to go with, if you're on Cincy, um, you know, you talk about, you've, you've got that trend going that, you know, the team that wins covers, um, that, that, whole, that whole trend is going on in the playoffs. Also, in the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl spread or a Super Bowl final score has never landed on one or two points is the difference. So if I'm going to take Cincinnati I'm not going to go to the money line. I'm going to go to the adjusted line. If you can get Cincinnati on an adjusted line to minus two and a half. Okay. So the whole history of the Super Bowl has never been a game landing on one or two. So if Cincy wins and you're on Cincy's side like I am you would take the adjusted line to since he minus two and a half, and you can get that at plus two hundred or better. So, you know, along you know, if you're on my side, you would take since he minus two and a half. The adjusted line for LA, which you already said in your your previous handicap that you think it's, if they win, it's gonna be a blowout. So why would you take LA minus four minus four and a half when you could adjust that up to you know whatever it is minus ten and a half minus eleven? Get the plus money on that. Um, so so that's my first pre-pick. I'm going to take a Justin Line Cincinnati minus two and a half at plus 200 or better. Man, I love that. Like, I hate the Cincinnati pick, but if you're going to play them, I fucking well, love yeah, you, that. And you can go the other like, way. You can take LA on the Justin If you're going to get after them. Yeah, well, if you're going to get after, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't like that part of it. Um but I, I love the fucking Cincinnati to win by three. That's fucking, at plus 200, that's fucking great. Yeah. Love that bet, actually. Um, I mean, I, I mean I'll, it's not going to win, but I love the bet. <laughs> you All like right. the value. <laughs> Got it. Got it. I love the, I love the value, and I love the handicap. It's mm-hmm. fucking greatness. Uh, all right. So here's one I've got. I've got first quarter Rams minus half a point. Very simple here. Since he was behind or tied eight out of 16 games this year in the first quarter, not counting the last game because obviously they didn't play their starters, and three out of the four games they faced a top 10 DVOA defense, which the Rams are. They're eight. They were behind after the first quarter, so I like the first quarter Rams minus half a point on that one. That's my first free pick. Yeah. Uh, I like that because since he's a slow starting team, uh, yeah, and you know, if you want, if you could even take a little further, that McVeigh's been here before, and he wants to, you know, maybe not start off as shitty as he did last time. So yeah, I like that one a lot. So I think we're two for two on on a on a good little good little free picks here. You ready for my third? Let's go. All right. Um, let's see. I might. You know what? Let's go down here. Since we're on like first of the game type free pick. So let's go to this one. <clears throat> it's kind of a kind of a weird one. Well, I'm sure you'll have some of your own weird ones. I like the first timeout called to be LA Rams simply because 
in nine straight games, they've called the first timeout for whatever reason. I guess it's, I don't know if it's a McVay thing. I don't know if it's a Stafford thing. Whatever. They have no problems burning first timeouts. They don't give a shit about them. So, nine straight games, nine straight games. LA's called the first timeout. Why wouldn't they do it here? It's it's close to even money, you know, or, you know, e- even odds on both sides. So, LA first timeout. I like that. Yeah, he doesn't value timeouts anyway. Fuck, he, you know, just blows them. Yeah, like the fucking, uh, oh, the St. Louis Rams used to do that all the time, too. Maybe it's just a fucking Rams thing. I don't know. <laughs> all right. I'm going to stay with the first of the game. Uh, first quarter under, nine and a half. Both teams combined to score around eight and a half points in the first quarter of the season. Now, the thing that does worry me about this one is that Cincy does give up the ninth most first quarter points. However, I told you that Cincy underperformed the scoring average every single time they played a top 12 defense. So even if the Rams get the early touchdown, I feel good about Cincy getting shut out here. So I like the first quarter under nine and a half. Yeah, and that's that's a that's just a staple every single year for me type um, type of bet. I will always be on the first quarter under because you know it's a Super Bowl and uh, there's jitters and even if I mean we saw Brady for years that was a cashing bet for years with Brady in the Super Bowl and that's fucking Brady in the Super Bowl. So uh, yep, like that one too. Um, um, you know what? I'm gonna skip that one because don't love it a whole lot. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go to. We're still on first, so I'm gonna go to first touchdown. It would be Higgins, and I'm actually on the fly. I need you to look up his. Um, I don't have it right now. Access? Will you look up the Higgins first touchdown payout for me while I'm kind of doing this? Uh, like I said before, I think that. Um, I think that Ramsey's going to lock down Boyd and, or excuse me, lock down Chase. So I think Higgins and Boyd, you know, if you want to, if you want to take a flyer on Boyd, he's going to have better payout. So, uh, I think Higgins and Boyd first touchdown of the game is a good way to attack that. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to attack it on the LA Rams side, I couldn't find great value to be honest with you. So, uh, and I think that Higby, the tight end, is not going to play. So actually, if you want to take a, if it gets to game time and Higby is ruled out, the tight end for the Rams, and you want to take a flyer on Drew Sample, the backup tight end, that's probably your long shot moneymaker. But I'm going to stick with either Higgins or Boyd for first player touchdown in the game. And um, did you did you get you get the odds on that one? Yeah, Higgins is plus twelve hundred. That's not bad. It's not, and he's. Dude, He's a he's a go get it type no, type player. Really so. Yeah. All right. Well, since you did yours, I'll do my first touchdown scorer. So I went back and did some research on this for the Rams. Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson scored the most first touchdowns of the games for the Rams this season with four each. So, wow. My best bets: Cooper Cup plus five hundred, Van Jefferson plus eighteen hundred. Now I've got four bets here, so. If Cup hits, all your bets are covered. If Van Jefferson hits, a lot of your fucking bets are covered at plus 1,800. So, on the Bengals side, Joe Mixon led the way with five first touchdowns for the Bengals. And Husmanzada, Husmanzada, maybe his cousin, I don't know. Sure. And Chase were tied for second with three. So, 
I'm going to bet Mixon at plus 700. And I'm going to go Usma at plus 1600. And the reason why Usma over Chase goes back to my earlier game handicap. And Mixon is obviously the odds-on favorite for a very good reason. But still a good payout at 7-1. to one. So I'll take the longer shot that was tied with Chase for the most first touchdowns at plus 1600 instead of the plus 800 on Chase. So again, if Mixon hits... All four bets are covered. If if Usmazeta hits or whatever his name is, uh, yeah, you're doing the money dance. So those are my four uh, with some pretty good research behind it, and that's just how these teams seem to like to start games. So that's my four first touchdown scores. All right, all right. Um, I will, I will. You know, I don't love this, but I will go ahead and put it out. I like the yes on the two point conversion. It's at plus 225. If, um, you know, they have to convert it. That's the thing. That's the kicker on this is like they can't just attempt it. They have to actually get, they have to actually make the two point conversion. I think there's, it's very, very likely in this game you will see a two temp or a two point attempt. Um, So at plus 225 for them to get it, I think there's some value there. So I'm going to be on the yes. Two-point conversion success for, for plus 225. Love that bet. Already made that bet. So, love, love, love that fucking right. prop right there. All right. Second quarter. Rams, again, minus half a point. The Rams have the third best second scoring second quarter scoring offense of all of football. That's what McVay does. He takes control of the game in the second quarter. He gets a lead at halftime, and he's only ever lost one game in his entire career. He was up by uh, up at halftime now since he is seventh in the league at second quarter scoring but the rams have them by a full point advantage on average and again you can expect since to fall short of their season averages on scoring versus this defense so i'm already getting a full point of value on the flip side and it's all i'm only laying a half a point and since he's going to theoretically Score less than their average, so I'm getting huge value on that one too. Rams minus half a point in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah, got no problem with that. Like that, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stack these together. These are my two last ones, so whatever you got over this, you can take it away. But uh, I'm gonna put these together. I've got I've got a Cam Akers over rushing yards, and I've got a Joe Mixing under rushing yards, and these are both game theory type. Um, Type plays, obviously, I just like you just said with the with the controlling of the game. I think I think LA will jump out to a lead in this game, and they will try to control this game. So obviously, the Cam Acres over sixty five runs right along with the game theory. Since he is forty seven point seven rating PFF versus the run, it's their weakest unit uh, graded in PFF. So runs right along both of those. The Joe Mixon under right along with the game theory. They're going to be behind. Uh, like like they always are, and they have to play catch up. So I think they will eventually, once it gets to a certain point, maybe down ten, maybe down thirteen, whatever the case may be, they're going to abandon the run and go to the uh, spread and try to catch up. So Cam Makers over, Joe Mixon under rush yards. All right, I'll get to my player props. So first, Chase Young under eighty and a half yards in the four games I mentioned against those four teams with the same style. He only had one game where he had more than 52 yards, and which, which 
was against the Packers, which again, they're garbage defense. The other three games, he had 52, 52, and three. And that was against Vic Fangio himself. And oh, by the way, the highest ranked quarterback or cornerback, like I said, besides Ramsey that Chase saw all season. So solid under 80 and a half yards for Jamar Chase. First player prop. Second player prop. Matt Stafford under 24 and a half completions. Stafford averaged just under 24 completions per game this year, and in fact, only 10 out of the 20 games, including the playoffs, has he eclipsed that number of completions. So half the time. But seven of those 10 were against top 15 offenses in the league DVOA. Since he's 18th, they're below average on offense. And one of those three that was against a below average offense was against Detroit. So obviously he had max motivation to go out there, and I'm sure McVay helped him out to ball out and fucking put up as many points as he could. Again, McVay likes to get out to leads by throwing the ball, and then he likes to choke the fucking life out of you in the second half. And I think they will be able to do that here uh, since he does not have the offense to challenge them and make them keep pushing the ball. McVay, for all his fancy, you know, motions and fucking gifts and gaffes and all this shit, is a very, very, very low-variance coach whenever he can be. So, I love Stafford going under 24 and a half completions. And then, my last player, true player prop, Sony Michelle, over 17 and a half rushing yards. The handicap here is pretty simple. It's so simple that it honestly scares me. Uh, in the postseason, Michelle is averaging 8 carries per game at 3.25 yards per carry. Simple math puts that at 26 yards per game. Now, you might think, well... He's only averaged 3.25 yards per carry. Why the fuck would McVay still give him this carries? Well, that's because Cam Akers is averaging 2.8 yards per carry. So you're going to get guaranteed carries for a running back who just by having an average game covers this by almost 9 yards. So love Sonny Michelle over 17.5 rushing yards. And then I've got a couple other props here. This one, Aaron, Aaron Donald MVP, plus 550. Now, I know it's Stafford's party, but quite frankly, Donald has been the best and continues to be the best player on this team. It is his team, period. It's in his town. And if he has a sack, which is very likely, seeing that Cincinnati gave up the most sacks per game of any team in the NFL this season. So, by the way, boys and girls, next time you bitch about your offensive line on your team, Think about that. Most sacks per game of any season, they're in the fucking Super Bowl because Joe Burrow is that good. But he gets a sack, which is most likely, and the Rams win, which I think they will. He will win this MVP. This feels like a slam dunk to me. And if you follow me on that, then you might as well double up and bet that a defensive player wins the MVP at plus 500. So don't bet one without the other. If you're going to bet Darnold plus 550, Get your plop, plus 500 on the defensive side, too, on the MVP. Double up on that one. I uh, love both of those bets. Uh, this one, I know Longhorn's going to hate it. I don't care. I love it. Coin toss. <laughs> Tails. Minus 101. Do not pay more than a nickel juice wherever you bet this. Get this as close to even money as you can. It's a fucking ripoff if you don't. So shop for even money. Or the closest thing you could find. I found it at 101. I grabbed it at that. Now, most people think the coin toss is a 50-50 prop, which in all likelihood it is. However, 
in the Super Bowl. It's 29-26 tails to heads, which makes it actually 52.7% to the tails. So if you give me a 2.7% advantage on a 50-50 prop, I'm taking it every single time. Now, there is a fundamental theory behind this, and it is that the head side of the commemorative coin they use in the Super Bowl is slightly heavier than the tail side. So in theory, that side should land down more times than not. So again, 2.7% advantage or otherwise 50-50 prop is worth betting every single fucking time. Best bet on that tails. Last prop I've got, Gatorade bath color. Longhorn hates this one too. I don't care. Blue plus 400. Since 2001, orange has been the most prominent color. Five times it's been used. But it's the odds-on favorite at plus 180. That's just not fun enough. Plus, blue has been the second most prominent with three times, and it has hit two out of the last three years, and I've bet it all three times. So I'm 2-1 on this already. So with a recency bias and a nice 4-1 bet, I'm going blue. Best bet, Gatorade bath. Blue, yeah, baby. And just, just to go back a little bit, um, I'm just kind of like going over the MVP things here. And you said that you said that Aaron Donald was plus 950. Is that what you said? No, no, no. 550. 550. I think he's 950, man. For Super Bowl MVP? Mm. Yeah, I got him at 550. Showing 950. NFL almost. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. No, yeah, this is Super Bowl. Super Bowl MVP. Aaron Donald nine fifty, but that's that's not what I that's not what I All right. well, keep, yeah keep that's talking. not what I wanted to talk about. As you were saying it, I was going over this. Um, I like your game theory that that it's a battle line. He's gonna and by the way, he's gonna need more than a sack to get MVP. It's gonna be a player that gets a two sacks, maybe a touchdown, strip sack, touchdown, something like that, which he certainly could do. I'm not saying he can't, but. I found, while you were talking up Aaron Donald, I found another player that I'm going to put a flyer on in the same vein, and that's going to be Vaughn Miller, who can also dominate this shitty offensive line, could also get a couple sacks, and could also get a strip sack touchdown, and somehow find his way into MVP, and he's at plus 3,500. So I'm going to take Vaughn Miller at 3,500, and uh, did you you see Donald at, at plus 950? I'm still trying to okay. find it, but I I don't mind that one, but the only reason why I didn't like that is because he's already got an MVP, and again, this is fucking Aaron Donald's team, so... Yeah, well, if he don't get the he two might have sacks to have and the touchdown, but he, he ain't going to get it. Yeah, he don't need a touchdown. He just needs to have a good game, and they need to win. And if Stafford, if I'm right about Stafford going under 24 and a half completions, he's not going to have a big yeah, it's game. It's got to be low scoring. They're going to look for any, any, and all reason to give it yeah. to him. I, it, it any just, reason. And just look at this. I can't just look at this list. Let me just say, Cam Akers is 3,500 to be MVP. That's that's too low for a running back going up against a bad rush defense. And if they get a lead and just start handing it off, handing it off, handing it off, eh, it's worth a flyer. Did you miss my part of my handicap where he's averaging 2.4 yards per carry? Yeah, against who? Against who? In the, in the playoffs. Against who? In the playoffs. I, I know, I know. Who are the teams? Tampa. Well, they... Okay, that was uh-huh. one. What are the other teams? Uh, I don't know who the, who the – oh, San Francisco. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. who else? They're all the, they're all the good rush defense teams. This is a bad one. 
Well, I mean, Sonny Michelle's averaging more. Sonny Michelle is not for whatever. I mean, actually, he's better. Number one, and the coach loves him, so he's going to get the majority of the carries. And if he has success, he they're going to keep feeding him. So it's thirty five plus thirty five hundred. It's a good flyer. Yeah, I got so on my Super Bowl MVP to win. Aaron Donald's down to plus four hundred. Oh, I just found it. Good Lord. So he's dropping. I just refreshed it. So if you can find, if you got it at plus nine, you better fucking grab that shit right now. Cause I bet it plus five fifty yesterday. I'm gonna still do. I'm gonna still do Vaughn Miller because you can't tell me what to do, sir. <laughs> Vaughn Miller's down to twenty eight hundred. Oh shit! Mine. I'm getting some good odds here then. All right, I like it. But again, if if you like uh, Longhorn or mine on that, you gotta bet the defensive player plus five hundred. You just got. I mean, there's no reason not to double up on that. There's just no reason it's not to. It's correlated. Take, take it's correlated. No, that is not what happens. It's offensive players that win the MVP. That's what science says. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, you got any more free picks to give them? No. That, that was like 20 fucking free picks. No, I'm ready for this game, dude. I'm just, I'm excited for it now. I am too. Boys and girls, it's been a hell of a fucking season. We've had another great fucking ride. Thank you, each and every one of you, for tuning in. For how many ever episodes you did, if it was all of them, thank you the most. If it was some of them, eh, thank you a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we thank you whenever you want to turn in and listen and listen to uh, our dumbasses ramble. And we hope that you were entertained, and we know we made you money. So we're happy about that. That's always our goal, for sure, is to entertain you and, most importantly, make you some fucking money. And we did that again this year. We really work hard at it. Uh, we tried, you know, very, very hard on our craft. We work very, very hard on our craft. I know it sounds like two dumbasses on microphones that uh, do nothing but drink beer and talk shit, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. which we it's are, one, and we do, for sure. but, <laughs> <laughs> but, in between that, we do put in a lot of time into this. So, man, we just we really appreciate you guys. Uh, it's been a hell of a ride so far on FGH, and we got big things coming. Uh, big things coming in the off season. We're working on some stuff. We're working on some more podcast. We're working on trying to get uh, affiliated with some more people. And uh, man, we just you know we're excited about where we're going. Yeah. We want each and every single one of you to come with us. And thank you so much uh, for the ride so far. And, uh, man, I hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl and Longhorn. You got to tell them about the fabulous website one more time and tell them uh, all about the fun we're going to have next season. That's right. And stay tuned for some possible news coming up. You know, don't don't go away is what I'm saying. Like, don't don't just go away until next football season. We're going to be around. We're going to be having fun. We're going to be rocking with you. So stay tuned for all of that. But thank you, Glory Hole Seekers. That's going to wrap up another award-winning episode and year of FGH. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next uh, couple of weeks, next month, and certainly next season. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media platforms so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life in both CFIS as always. And I'm mostly, for me, I don't know about you, 
non-sexual way. People, <laughs> stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Yeah, God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take a sip, baby. Oh.